Oh, Lord Stanley, Lord Stanley, get me the brandy. Everybody shout. Welcome everyone to the Keystone Connection podcast, where we are here to discuss only the most important topics in this wide world of sport that we live in. This is Vince from the Steel City, she's Pam from the City of Brotherly Love, and believe it or not, we are still married. It's East meets West, so let's get right to it. October 8th, 2018. And boy, oh boy, we are coming off a major weekend in sports. Maybe the biggest weekend of all time. This is the Keystone Connection Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and download the show on iTunes or whatever podcast application you may choose. Because it is 100% free of charge. And it is the best thing out there today. Make sure you leave a comment. Tell us all about it. Tell us how you like the show. You can also find us on Twitter at KC Podcast 17. As I let off at the top here, there is a lot, a lot, a lot to discuss. So we are going to get right into this. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! This past Saturday night, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC 229, it was billed as the biggest fight, the biggest event of all time. Khabib Namagamadov taking on Conor McGregor, lightweight cha- championship of the world on the line. Khabib winning by rear naked choke in the fourth round, uh, dominated this contest. Uh, I thought it was a great event, with excluding what happened after the fight. We'll get to that. Uh, but what did you think about this fight? Did it live up to the hype? And what about the event overall? It was fine. I think <laughs> Khabib did what everyone thought he was going to do by doing lots of wrestling. Yeah. Um, I actually thought on the card, the Ferguson fight beforehand yeah. was a lot more exciting for the casual fan like myself. Yeah, that was back and forth uh, there. Uh, El Kakui. Tony Ferguson, one smooth operator out there. It was a shame that that one ended with, with a broken hand. Yeah. From, from Lots uh, of blood. Yeah, yeah. A shame that ended with a broken hand. Uh, but Khabib dominating like we talked about. Uh, maintaining his undefeated record. Uh, very impressive. Was there any time in that bout, uh, specifically in the third round, that you think Connor might be able to pull this one out? But yeah, it seemed like he was getting a little momentum there. Khabib in the third round seemed to get away from his game of the wrestling, tried to bait Connor a little bit. Um, so I thought a little bit in the third round there. It looked like he was getting some momentum before the fourth round of the, the choke hold. Yeah, but it, w- it was good to see Connor get shut up there, don't you think? Get what? Shut up. Shut up? Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. But <laughs> we'll talk about the after. I'm undefeated. Never lost. Yeah. So after this bout, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov jumps over the cage and attacks 
somebody in Connor's camp. Uh, a lot of heat between these two parties uh, going back to that bus attack uh, in Brooklyn earlier this year. Then somebody from Khabib's team jumps over the cage into the ring and 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 uh, throws a punch on McGregor. The guy in the maroon coat could not hold everybody back. That's how much, how wild this was. Uh, it, it looked like Hades on Earth was going down. Have you ever seen anything like this in sport? No, not at all. It was insane. Um, it was definitely something out of the WWE playbook, <laughs> something Vince McMahon seems like he would have gotten his hand on. It was a shame, though, because it... it it got everyone talking about it, but for the wrong reasons. People should be talking about how Khabib's the next star yeah. of UFC and how great that Ferguson fight was and some of the other fights on the undercard. That's the problem I have with it. Well, I would argue, though, if he would have just choked them out and that would have been the end of it, that there are more people talking about this today right. because of that. Right, and, I said and it, that. And, and maybe that's a good thing because we all know controversy creates cash yeah but i think connor's a big enough star that he would have said something stupid and a rematch <laughs> would have happened regardless and they would have those guys are talkers they were going back and forth there was enough blood bad blood that they didn't need need this crap yeah well uh, sounds like khabib did not want to do this but he said he was just tired of having his family his country and his religion disrespected and yeah. he's trying to bring some respect back to the sport yeah they don't respect you! This ain't 1976! It ain't 1968! It's 2016! They don't respect! They're gonna find out! Now, on the other side of the world, Australia, Melbourne, Australia, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, we had the Super Showdown, WWE style, and the main event, Undertaker, taking on Triple H, last time ever. Between these two. Okay. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm Sean, sorry to interrupt. I already have an issue. Shawn Michaels on the outside. Kane on the outside. Uh, ended up being a no disqualification match. Tons of interference. Triple H picking up the victory. And then afterwards, uh, the dead man and the mayor of Knox County uh, sending a message to these two. It doesn't seem like this is over. And, and what I got to ask you here is... The, since this this conflict between these two is not resolved, what do you want to see? How, how are we going to settle this? It's it's so obvious. They're setting up for a, a tag match between the two. So that's why I'm kind of mad they built it as the last time ever. Obviously, they were going to do a tag match. Don't build it as the last time ever. And then something like this happens. Yeah, well, there's it's the last be... time ever one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, but they're both going to be in the ring one-on-one -on -one at some point during this tag match between Shawn Michaels yeah. and Triple H versus the scary people. So you think Shawn Michaels is going to come out of retirement for this match? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way Shawn Michaels is going to take well to being disrespected like that. <laughs> Do you think we're getting close to seeing the ending of The Undertaker? Uh, I You never know with him. It's like a cat. He has so many lives. He just keeps coming back. Like that whole thing at WrestleMania with the boots and everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... Uh, I don't know. Something big's going to happen. I can't wait to watch Monday Night Raw to find out. Because the champ is here! Switching over to a sport where the outcome may have been predetermined. 
the Steelers victorious <laughs> over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Heinz Field this past Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I am surprised that the Steelers were able to hold down this high-potent Atlanta offense as much as it, uh, they did. Not necessarily that they won, but the fact that they held them to, what, 20 points? I think it was 17, 17 points. 41-17. In today's day and age, that's pretty good. Yeah, the thing that I think it... I think Atlanta's got some issues here. Last year, their offense really struggled under new offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. And the, to begin the season this year, they looked great. Looked like uh, 2016 form. But I don't know if they started to go back. You thought in the beginning of the game, they got Devonta Freeman, their their big running back, back. And he cut and he just exploded yeah. at one point. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. I turned to you and I said, this is going to be bad because he looks really good and really fresh. And that's all he really did the whole game. Like yeah. there wasn't much. Um, I I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah. I was actually very shocked at the Steelers' offense too. I was I wasn't shocked about their special teams play, but the other two phases. Well, of well the that game. group's been together for a long time. Yeah, we, we, I mean, and we expect a lot of out of, out of that group. Thanks, Tomlin. Uh, I'll tell you something right now. I I cannot believe that they were able to do this, but I like the scheme that they did. First of all, they had enough run defense uh, that was enough to stop them. You know, they, they didn't completely shut them down, but they did enough. Uh, they had Joe Hayden following uh, Julio Jones mm-hmm. all over the field, which they rarely do. And, and it seemed to really work out here and so that the other uh, defensive backs could cover the other uh, uh, decent receivers for Atlanta. And they said, Austin Hooper, you're going to have to beat us. Yeah, and the one thing I liked was we – we're watching the sideline, and they looked more organizing, organized <laughs> out there. They had cards holding up like what packages of players yeah. need to be out there on defense, and it seems very elementary. But I'm glad this team kind of went back to basics to get a little more organized no, there. No, I got to ask you this: Where do you think the Patriots camera was in the stadium that was filming those cards? Next question. I don't know about y'all, but I want to win a national now, the Steelers, they got the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Big-time divisional game. I believe the Bengals have only lost one ball game so far this year. Is that right? Yes, because they came back to beat Miami yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and the uh, Steelers are going to be playing this game on the road. Uh, how do you think they're going to be able to attack this team and take them down? Um, I think... I think- Cincinnati's offense yesterday took a little bit of a step back. Um, it's a shame for them that as soon as Joe Mixon went out, then Bernard did well, then Bernard got hurt in Joe Mixon's back. So I think they needed to have two fresh backs back there. Um, I think, and they also lost Tyler Eifert. And, and I John Ross, I think. John Ross, either. too, didn't play. So this team's losing a lot of weapons. Um for the Bengals, the Steelers have to do the same thing in terms of stopping that run game because I think that opens up a lot for Andy Dalton. And I want them to do the same exact thing they did this past week is have Joe Hayden on AJ, AJ Green. Green. Like, don't change anything. Do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm scared they're not going to. <laughs> like, you have a tall, big, wide receiver. Have Joe Hayden follow him. And you have a back that can really beat you. Don't change your scheme. Yeah. Like, it's a very similar game plan, honestly. 
Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think that is the way that they're going to have to to at least stop him defensively uh, is, uh, you know, focusing on green, make these other guys beat you. But I'll tell you something I'm nervous about right now is that interior pass rush of Cincinnati. They got that Atkins and that other guy inside. Uh, our offensive line has been not the best this year. So, not as good as they should be for that group. Not yeah, not as good as they should be. So I think you know, opening up with the screen game uh, that seemed to work a little bit against Atlanta, doing those kinds of things, maybe a five receiver set every now and then, you know, to try to uh, you know neutralize that pass rush. The, and then also Ben's got to get the ball out. He's got to get the ball out quick, but also just running right at him. Uh, James Conner very effective this past week. And I'd like to see him get the ball more. And they stuck with the run game. That's what they didn't do in previous weeks. They kind of did it and like, yeah, they kept pounding. And you saw how James Conner is just punishing people as the game yeah. goes on. Yeah, he, he really wore him down. Just the process. <laughs> so I got two questions here about this ball game. Uh, we talked about the magnitude. I want to know, is this a must-win game for the Steelers? And do you think they're going to win? I don't think it's a must-win game because the only reason I say that is because I don't think this division, no team's going to run away with it. I think Baltimore and Cincinnati and the Steelers are all just going to beat themselves up. So if the Steelers lose, I know it would be a big, big step back. It's not going to be impossible to get back in it. It, it, it won't be impossible. I think like 9-7. and seven, I think I said that at the beginning of the year, can win this division. It won't be impossible, but that'll mean... You know, you've played everybody in your division once, and you didn't beat any of them. Okay, you play it, them again, though. Well, you, you do play them again, but in terms of divisional record for tiebreakers and things of that ilk, that's that's important. That's important. And, and I think if they lose this ball game here, they are really going to be uh, maybe destined for only a wild card. Yeah, and but I don't think that's that bad with it, how bad the team looked the first few weeks. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Uh, but it does make me a little nervous, and I think they're going to have to win this game, ball game. I'm not going to say it's a must win, but I think it's more important than you think. I, re I really do. I mean, it's an October game. Like, let's take yeah. away. I know it's a division game, but this team had a lot of bad things yeah. in the first few weeks and i i think that if they hit their stride and win these other games they're gonna beat a team they shouldn't beat like whether it be new england well, we or... should be at ever beat everybody right okay well do you think they're gonna win this game uh i believe right now cincinnati is a, a two and two point favorite at the win at home so yeah yeah i do think the steelers are gonna win i think it's a like a 24-20 win. 24-20. to So they win and cover. Or, I mean, they win. I'm going to say that the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to say 31-24. to 24. Oh, okay. A little bit more cushion. Yeah, yeah. Talking a little collegiate football now. Pitt Panthers uh, victorious over Syracuse Orange at home. Uh, wild game with this lightning delay. But what we first got to get down to here is 
what in the world was, was Sean Watson and Pat Narduzzi thinking about at the end of regulation just running the ball and playing for a very, very, very long field goal? Yeah, for, to those, t- to tie the for game. those who didn't see it, Pitt was down by three points, and they had the ball, and on the in the last few quarters, they <laughs> ran it 21 out of 22 times. They did not throw the ball, um, except for on third down of that last drive, and it wasn't even a good play. Um I don't know why they didn't do more quick outs. They did them at one point early in the game. I specifically remember a quick Aaron Matthews, like quick five yard out. Picky got it out really quick and it was super successful just to mix it up from running. I know they were running it well, but at the end of the game, go for the win. Your team's not, you don't want your defense out there longer than it has to be at times. And so why go for a tie? Well, it's well. Even they almost lost it if, in if overtime. They were at, if they were at the twenty-yard line, you could maybe understand that. Right. But, it but was going to be a forty-five-yard field goal. Yeah. I know their field goal kicker hit a fifty-four and a fifty-five-yarder in the game, but he's been shaky all year. It's just because yeah. he doesn't have any experience. So it's not like you had Blewett, who's a veteran guy. Even then, throw it once or twice to pick up like ten yards. Even. Do, do you think that they were? Do you think? They were just so worried that Pickett was going to make a bad decision. Were they worried about the Syracuse pass, pass rush, which Coach uh, praised uh, quite a bit in the press conference? Do you think that Pickett is hurt and, and is just not up Or are to you snuff? worried about your offensive line? Or are you worried about the offensive line? Oh, the pass rush, that's what – I mean, do you think any of those things, where they just don't trust him? I mean – I just I, – I can't – I was very disappointed in that, more so than anything huh? else. I've been disappointed in pit football, maybe in the past five years. It was just awful to see this guy, Narduzzi, who says super fiery things and, you know, uh, tweets and just gets out there and has all this energy, just not even try. Well, there you go. Like, could you <laughs> imagine if they lost in oh overtime? Oh, <laughs> And it's like you said, or if he missed the field goal. What if he missed that field goal and they were trying to go for a 45-yard field goal? It's not even like they did like a wide receiver handoff in there. They literally just ran, yeah, ran I, straight. I, I got no answers for you. Clear the deck! Cannonball coming! Look out, Allegheny River! There she goes! So it, we talked about a lot of bad there. Were there's, was there any positives you took out of this game at all? Yeah, Quadriolison. Yeah. And if you saw the end of that game, everyone was celebrating. Quadriolison sat on the sidelines, kneeled, because he was so exhausted. He held on to the ball, and he was a powerhouse. He, and I think that's what you take away from this, and maybe not even for pit football, but NFL teams can take away. Like, that guy is tough. Yeah. He's in the best shape of his life. And he will carry you when you need to. Yeah, and, and you know Darren Hall, he's no, he was no slouch uh, the other day either. You know he rushed for over a hundred yards, exactly. and he got some of the. Did he get the game-winning touchdown? Well, I because Olson looked like he was hurt, he would hobble off because they just twenty-one out of twenty-two plays at the end of the game they ran yeah. it, 
And so he would hobble off. They'd put Hall in, then they'd, he'd hobble back on there. Yeah, and I'll say this also. I want to talk a little bit about the defense in that they didn't play as bad as what they have been. You know, I mean, they, they gave they up some... They left 40 points. Uh, was it 40? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Uh, it, yeah, but... Um, it, or, okay, 37. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it was yeah, 44 37 not not a great performance by by any stretch but you know they probably got more pass rush this game uh than they have any of the any game this year uh i thought that the coverage on the receivers was probably better than any game this year the one thing i will say sorry to interrupt that i really am going to take away the first half they weren't they were playing off like five ten yeah, yards and off, they made and, some adjustments and dungy for syracuse would just dink it in Pitt actually made adjustments for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, they, they made some adjustments, and you could say probably Syracuse's biggest plays in that game were from uh, Dungy running the ball and that big uh, pass play that appeared to be out of bounds, and they would, wouldn't let Coach challenge it for whatever reason, which led to a, a score for the Orange. So, you know, if you take away some of that stuff, they didn't play too bad. But this week is going to be probably a, a whole different story. Uh, they're going up against Notre Dame, top five club, on the road, an undefeated opponent. Uh, this is a team with dangerous creatures. There's no other way to say it. And now that they have this Ian Book, a quarterback, a guy who can make throws, uh, this is a very tall order for the Panthers. And right now, I I just don't see any way that they could do it. Yeah, I, and I, I really in the don't. first half looked a little shaky against, against Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. And, okay. Uh, his numbers in the first half weren't bad, but if you looked, he had one, like, 56-yard pass. So he didn't, in the first half, a second half, they came out and kind of blew the doors open there. But I, I, I also think Virginia Tech's a lot better team than well, Pitt is. But I think uh, there's no way Pitt Pitt. Uh, wins notre dame has a lot to play for right they now. they do too. they absolutely do and this isn't a pit team a 2016 pit team this isn't even last year's pit team this pit team if they go in conservative to this game they're gonna get the they're gonna get blown out they need to be aggressive okay well i, I guess the question i have right we both said there's no chance that, that they're gonna win but these are the kind of games you never expect them to do what? anything, and then they they just come out of nowhere. And and and, and I'll say that this at least this millennium, uh, whenever they've played at Notre Dame specifically, they've played them very tough, and they've won a few times. But didn't you feel better about previous pit teams like they had some heart and drive and like passion and like the offense was creative and they took chances. This team is the most conservative, boring team at Well, times. not not last year against Miami, certainly not. What do you mean? That that team that played against Miami last year was worse than this team this year. Yeah, but they but like Pickett was fiery. They were they didn't come out conservative against Miami. They came out and they stuck it they, to them. And I I don't know if I'm confident that they'll be that aggressive. I don't know about y'all, but I want to win a national Well, that brings me to my next question here is, what do they need to do in order to win this ball game, to pull off this upset? 20, 21, 22 points? 
go to church a lot beforehand, get some holy water. Um, I think they need to get out after the quarterback. Yeah. And I think you were a little bit happier with their pass rush. It was better. It better. still isn't where we actually thought it was. We thought this would be a strength of the team. They need to get a pass rush going against this team um, and make book make mistakes or make Notre Dame run it because they can stop the run. Um, but most importantly to me, the number one key is open up the playbook. And if you run 21 out of 22 times against Notre Dame, you're going to have an issue. Okay. Uh, they played that nickel more often last uh, last game. Extra cornerbacks uh, on the field, I think that really helped. I think they're going to need to do more of that. I'd like to also see uh, – you know, maybe somebody spying on the quarterback. I think they need to do something like that in order to slow this team down and, and, and neutralize these good athletes. And then on offense, you know, they, you know, you said they can't make any mistakes, but they still got to be aggressive. They still got to do something to get that ball down the field and explosive plays because it just doesn't, it, they, you know, just, just, uh, you know, handing the ball off. Uh, up the middle 50 times is not going to do it. What if they let Pickett run more, too? Yeah. Do some RPOs. Yeah, or or even just a, a zone read type type scheme. You know, they haven't... They did that uh, against Miami last year a lot, speaking of that game, and it proved to be very effective. Uh, this past week, they had a lot of Wildcat stuff, but it was really, uh, you know, kind of the same um, wild hog for uh, plays. Kind of just running straight up. Maybe there's going to be some new wrinkles with that. I don't know. They're going to have to pull something uh, out of a bag of tricks in order to, you know, to get a few splash plays. But you think, how many of them are they going to have to do? Because even if the defense plays good, you're still talking about probably giving up, what, 20-some, maybe even 30 points? Well, you even said if the defense play played this good this past week. They left 37 points. Yeah. Well, so yeah. your offense has to keep up with the defense, regardless of how good the defense does here. We set responsibility for that, me out front, and uh, we'll move forward. Baseball season, the playoffs have started. The Pirates and Phillies, they're done for the year, but we're still talking about Major League Baseball here, Quest for the World Series. Uh, we've already got some of these uh, series in the first round wrapped up. Astros have advanced. Milwaukee Brewers have advanced. We got Dodgers. It, it looks like the Dodgers are going to advance. Dodgers too. and Braves. The Dodgers about over the Braves. We got a tie series with the Yankees and Red Sox here. Uh, I got to pose this question to you: Who do you think is going to be in this World Series, and who do you see winning? I think the Brewers. Really? Um, I think the over Brewers. The whole, I think the Brewers Astros here. Um, the Brewers have played the best baseball out of anyone the past month of the season, and Eric Kratz from Christopher Dock High School, uh, former Philly as well. He's been awesome, a journeyman catcher for the Brewers this postseason. Thirty-eight years old, thirty-seven years old, and he's just been awesome. Uh, shout out to him. Christian Yelich, if he doesn't win the MVP for the NL, that's a disaster because he needs to. Um, but I'm going, I'm, as hard as it is to repeat, I think the Brewers are going to fall a little short because the Astros have 
an amazing pitching staff and they have and as the season went on we really didn't talk about the Astros because we didn't really need to um, they had a little bumpy stretch there but I think the Strohs are going to repeat over the Brewers I wouldn't be surprised though if the Brewers won at all Okay. I think the Red Sox are going to fall short. I just don't think they're pitching. Line up the Red Sox pitching and the Astros pitching, and I know teams are doing funky things with with starters and, you know, whatever they call it, have a bullpen guy start the game. At the end of the day, that Astros pitching staff is filthy. Yeah, and the Dodgers seem like they just falter mm-hmm. every year. So, so I'm picking the Brewers to make it there by default. I, I am. And I'm really torn between the Astros and the Yankees. The Yankees have to beat the Red Sox. They do. But I I really believe that the Astros and the Yankees are the two best teams. I I, I really do. And I'm going to pick the Yankees to win the whole thing because they got got the, the guys that could hit the ball the furthest. They got the biggest bombers. You gotta out make there. contact though against this uh, well, they, Astros pitching. Well, they staff. only need to do it one time, and that's why I think these big bombers are gonna do it. Down the stretch they come. We're running out of time here. We gotta talk about our big things to look forward to this week and weekend. I got a a, a, a trio of big time college games, and I also got uh, an NFL game that a lot of people are talking about. I'm gonna talk about that one first. Kansas City Chiefs. New England Patriots. Uh, last year, I believe it was in the first game of the season, the Chiefs just absolutely destroyed them. Uh, do you see that happening again this time? No, but I think the Chiefs could win again. I just think it's going to be a close game. New England's going to come in ready with Pat Mahomes. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Chiefs uh, are going to win again, though. I hope so. I hope so. I'm cheering for the Chiefs. Uh, in the Big Ten, Wisconsin and Michigan, this is this is an elimination game for these two teams right here. Uh, they both lost non-conference games. Uh, even if they lose here, they have a chance to make the Big Ten championship. But you know their playoff hopes are done for. Who do you got here? Um, I'm going. I'm going Wisconsin. You are. Yeah. Okay. Beginning of the year, I, I picked Wisconsin to, to win this game. But I'm going to switch. I'm going to say it's going to be Michigan. Yeah, this is, this is an hour-never game for, for this team. And that's why, that's why I'm picking Big Blue to win this one. Uh, we got uh, Oregon, who lost a, a terrible, terrible game to Stanford, going up against Washington here. Uh, this game could decide the Pac-12 North. Yeah, I think I think Washington's gonna win. I do too. I think because they still have their season to play for. Yeah, they could be in the college football playoff. Yeah. And I think um, is the game in Washington or Oregon? Uh, I don't know. I I'm think, not sure. But I I think Oregon's a good team. Their quarterback, um, what's his name, Justin Her- Herbert, yeah. could be the number one overall pick a lot of actually are saying that. in next year's draft. But Washington um, is a more complete team. They're a veteran team. And I think Jake, Jake Brown has done done good this year, but I think this is a game that people will remember, and they'll. It's a you talked about do or die for Michigan and Wisconsin in that game. This Same is thing for Washington. This is Washington season. Yeah, and it, even if they would win out, 
they're still not guaranteed to make it. But, no, but it would be but, hard to lo- leave them out being a Pac-12 champ, winning every single game except for your first one, which is a weird opening game against, Auburn. at the time, you know, an Auburn. Auburn still may be pretty good. They've lost they lost this past week, but um, an, a good Auburn team yeah. that they didn't match up well against. Uh, the final one I got here, and this is the one I'm most excited for, SEC, uh, Georgia traveling the Death Valley, take on the Bayou Bengals here. Uh, tough loss for LSU this past week against Florida. Um, you know, they're still in position that they control their own destiny to, to make it to the playoff, but they got a tall order against them, against Georgia. Georgia sitting here, even if they would lose this game, they could still make it to the SEC title game and win the whole thing. Yeah, they were helped when Kentucky lost. Kentucky well, they're still going to have week. to play Kentucky. Right, I know, yeah. but it, it it opens it up a little bit easier for them um, if they were to lose a game. I think I think Georgia's going to win, and I think it's going to be like a two-touchdown game. I don't think, think it's going to be close. I think LSU, Florida's a good team that they lost to, but I think LSU um, still don't really have a quarterback. I mean... Joe Burrow's better than what they've had. Um, I I think Georgia's going to kind of, you know, put their stamp on. The speed on that Georgia defense is absolutely insane. Those guys fly around the field. They do. And Georgia, a team that a lot of people don't think have been really been tested yet this year. They will be tested this week. So we'll see how they do. It's a road game. Uh, you know, a very tough road. It's not a night game at LSU, but it's still going to be very tough. Uh, a 2.30 local kickoff time. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Georgia to win this game. Uh, it just seems like LSU just, I just don't see them being be able to put together a consistent 60-minute ball game in order to beat the Bulldogs here. You agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for today's program. Uh, excellent show as always make sure you subscribe to the Keystone Connection podcast so it automatically gets downloaded to the device of your choice that's the best way to listen to the show and we'll talk to you next week just a programming note next week we'll be doing an NBA season preview thank you